Your best friend is he who brings out the best in you. Isn't that an amazing gift to have, to bring out the best in others? Wouldn't that be a great best friend to have? Wouldn't that be a great best friend to be? Wouldn't that be a great boss to be or a great parent to be? When John Elway was giving his induction speech into the NFL Hall of Fame, he said this about his father. He's the only reason I am in the Hall of Fame. What a great thing for a son to be able to say about his father or his mother. The only reason I'm here is because of the influence of my parents. You know, there are many sons and daughters today in prison who can say the same thing. There are many sons and daughters who are living aimless life with no hopes and no future, and they can say, my life today is the result of my parents' influence. What we see in the Bible is that leaders know how to bring out the best in others. That's the kind of leader we need to strive to be. Our model is Jesus and those who followed his example of leadership. And remember once again, when the word leader is used, it refers to everyone. Parents, students, workers, and so on. Wherever God has placed you. There's a great story about George and Barbara Bush. They were on the campaign trail once, and the presidential limousine stopped to pull over for a tank of gas. The attendant happened to be an old high school sweetheart of Barbara's. They exchanged greetings and well wishes, and after the limo was back on the highway, George remarked, Just think, if you'd married him, you'd be the wife of a gas station attendant. Barbara said, George, you're confused. If I'd married him, he'd be the President of the United States. (laughs) That's what a leader can do. They bring out the best in others. And you know, do you know what? It's not an easy process. In fact, it can be painful and frustrating for you. It can try your patience. But a leader is committed to helping people become all that they can be. Paul said it this way in our reading for today. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. He's saying that he went through the pains of childbirth to bring them to Jesus. But that's not the end of the road. Now he wants to see them grown up, become mature in their faith, and reach their potential as followers of Jesus Christ so that they too can lead like Jesus in their own lives. We're in in the middle of a series called Leadership Rising. The idea is how leaders, which is all of us, step up and make things happen, not just for the benefit of themselves, but for the benefit of everyone around them. When a leader leads, he or she is elevating or has an elevating effect on how other team members perform, on people's attitudes even on the situations themselves. 
Today's message is the leader is a builder. But the leader doesn't build things. He or she builds people by bringing out the best they have in them. So today we're going to talk about three things a leader can do to bring out the best in others. First, a leader needs to be an encourager. Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, once said, how, how do you identify a person that needs encouragement? His answer, the person is breathing. You can be sure that every person you can encounter will benefit from a good word. While you may not be able to solve their problems, you can give them a little extra fuel for their journey, a little boost for those downtimes. Some people confuse bringing out the best in others with pointing out the worst in others. There's a difference. Your children, your friends, your employees and coworkers don't need to hear you're disorganized, you're lazy, you're a bad listener, and so on. They probably know it. What they need is a reason to believe they can do it better. I have a friend who often justified his critical nature with the excuse, my spiritual gift is prophecy. I'm a prophet. I call them the way I see them. That's not prophecy, not according to the Bible. Prophecy isn't about predicting bad things that will happen in the future. And it's not about pointing out everything that's wrong with the world today. You know what prophecy is? Paul defined it this way in 1 Corinthians. Everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Leaders, and by the way, you all are leaders in some way, do you know that what I'm challenging you to do? Become a prophet. Start prophesying every chance you get. Prophesy to your children. Prophesy to your spouse. Prophesy to your employees and your employer. Prophesy to your friends. Prophesy to your neighbors. Prophesy in the name of Jesus. That means you say things that will strengthen them and encourage them and comfort them. That doesn't mean you call them the way that you see them. It means that you call them the way God sees them. And God sees every person in terms of their potential, not in terms of their limitations. That's why he gave Simon a new name, Peter, which means the rock, long before he ever deserved it. If Jesus called him the way he saw, he would have said, Simon, you're a crumbler, a quitter, a complainer, a waffler. But pointing out a person's weaknesses is not what prophecy is. Prophecy is speaking to a potential in a way that strengthens, encourages, and comforts. Jesus said, you are Peter, a rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. Christian author and leadership writer John Maxwell talks about the difference between fire lighters and firefighters. And here he's not talking about emergency firefighters. He's talking 
about another type of firefighters. Fire lighters go out of their way to help you keep the fire hot. Firefighters go out of their way to throw cold water on you. Every person on this planet already has more firefighters than they'll ever need. What they need is someone savvy enough to become a fire lighter or be a fire lighter for them. That's what an encourager can do. This is what people need more than criticism. They already have a good idea of what they can't do. They need to be reminded of what they can do by God's grace. And they need to be encouraged and empowered to keep trying. Secondly, a leader needs to be an exhorter. It's not a word we use every day. An encourager knows how to pick someone up and when they fall and help them find the courage to try again. An encourager knows how to pat someone on the back and say, good job, good effort. An encourager says, you can do that. An exhorter takes it a step further and says, you can do it better. You can do it with excellence. Where most Bible translations use the word exhort, we might use the word challenge or urge. A good example can be seen in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction as how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more. An exhorter is a person that can say, not bad, but I challenge you to bump it up a notch. An exhorter can take a C student and help them strive for a B. An exhorter can take a B student and help them become the best. It's important to note that the word exhorter is never translated as nag or insult or ridicule. That's not how you bring out the best in others. An exhorter doesn't just tell people to do better. An exhorter tells people how to do better. Paul said to Timothy, Until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching. The exhortation part is telling people how to apply what the Scripture says. An exhorter will say, see this mistake you keep making? See how you keep falling down in this area? Here's something that you can do that will help you do better. Now it's time for one of those things aren't as they used to be stories. And I think this is one of Pastor's stories, but it, he said, when my son was playing Little League Baseball, I noticed that the style of coaching was quite different than when he was growing up. The approach that most of the coaches that were taking with the teams in his son's league were was to look out for the kids with the most natural talent and draft them into their team and put them on the field as much as possible, play the rest of the kids as little as possible, and hope for the best. And as I watched my son's practices with very little instruction taking place, 
I couldn't help but think back to how it was when I played. I remember coaches working with me and all of us to teach us the fundamentals. I specifically remember my coach hitting me dozens of ground balls for several practices in a row until I finally learned how to field a grounder without turning my head at the last second because I was afraid of the ball. The truth is I was already an okay ball player for a kid my age, but that coach knew how to challenge me, to exhort me, to be even better. There's a difference between a leader and the guy who's just in charge. The guy who's just in charge will say, go out and make sales. The leader will say, let's look at how we can improve your sales presentation. The guy in charge will say, I want you to win. The leader will say, I'm going to help you become a winner. That's what it means to be an exhorter. You challenge people to do their best not in vague and meaningless terms, but with specific step-by-step instructions. Thirdly, a leader needs to be an example. Don Shula, the winningest coach of all time in the NFL, once said, I don't know any other way to lead except by example. This is the same principle of leadership that is taught in the Bible. We see it in the Apostle Paul where he said, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I've discovered to my delight and dismay that the primary source of my influence with my child has not been my preaching or rules or professed values, but my example in the areas I've been careful to be consistent They, too, have learned consistency. In the areas where I've been undisciplined, they, too, struggle in these areas. Albert Schweitzer once said, Example is not the main thing in influencing others. It's the only thing. Many leaders, parents, bosses, and so on, want to be do-as-I-say leaders rather than do-as-I-do leaders. Because obviously, do as I say is a lot easier. But it just doesn't work in the long run. The University of Buffalo School of Management did a study last year which came to a pretty obvious conclusion. The study determined that bosses who lead by example admit their mistakes and recognize their followers' strengths are most likely to experience company growth. Leaders must be willing to hold themselves, at least, to the same standard they expect from everyone else. If your coworkers or your kids see you constantly cutting corners, they'll do the same. That's because we live in an age where people are no longer content merely to be told how to behave. They want to see it firsthand. As Bob Dylan said, you live, talk about a life of brotherly love. Show me someone who knows how to live it. You bring out the best in others when you pay the price expected the best from yourself, too. Paul could say, follow my example, because he was committed to following the example of Christ. 
An encourager says, you can do it. An exhorter says, you can do it even better. An example says, if you can do it, or if I can do it, you can do it too. Good leadership and building people, inspiring and empowering them to be the very best they can be. As Christ followers, this is a wonderful ministry, building up people in Jesus. Leaders, bosses, coaches, parents, friends, I exhort you today to become builders. Make it your determination to bring out the best in those you lead. Of course, our best example is Jesus. Jesus who encourages us. Jesus who exhorts us. Jesus who is the best example we could ever have. And of all, and all of this, while we were still sinners, great leaders come and go, but the one constant will always be Jesus the leader. In the words of a very familiar hymn, Jesus lead thou on till our rest is won. And although the way be cheerless, we will follow calm and fearless. Guide us by thy hand to our fatherland. And if the way be drear, if the foe be near, let not, let not faithless fears overtake us. Let not faith and hope forsake us. For through many a woe, to our home we go. In Jesus' name, amen.